Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, with ground conditions still causing issues for farmers, I will be getting tips and advice from nutritionist Brian Gary on feed requirements. But first, I spoke to soil expert James Humphreys about soil saturation and its implications. If we take a soil, um, typically it's between around 50 and 60% solid material. That's the, the sand, the silt and the clay and the organic matter that make up the soil. So when you're sanding on the ground, you think it's solid, but it, there is around 40 to 50% air spaces in that soil. And what soil saturation then tells you is the degree to which that, that, that air, those air spaces are filled with water. So the typical range that we'll see um, is between around 20% and 80%. So we get under very dry conditions like we saw under the drought conditions in 2018. Soil moisture saturation, soil moisture levels down at around 20%. Under the very wet conditions we've seen in recent times, it can go up to around 80%. So the soil is never completely saturated with water as such. There's always some air in the soil, uh, 20% at the present time. And, and that's the typical range. What we're seeing out on the ground, um, like in John McNamara's farm, they were talking about soil saturation of 75%. Like they're, they're very wet conditions, similar to what we're seeing uh, in Solahead. And uh, generally when you're at that, it's it's too wet to put cows out to, out to grass. Um, measurements we've taken, say here in Moor Park, they're much lower, um, down 50, 60%. And at those conditions, under those soil moisture conditions, you're not really going to do the, the same amount of damage. Because when the soil gets wet, as you know, the the particles, they more or less begin to float. And when, so they don't have the same consistency, the ground is much so softer, of course, so when the cow's hooves hit that ground, they can do an awful lot more damage. The soil particles aren't held together to the same extent, so that they can resist the the downward pressure of the of the cow's hooves. Normally field capacity is where the soil, any additional water to the soil um, actually leads to surface ponding or flooding. And, and, and the point where you begin to see water pooling in hoof prints and that sort of thing, or maybe even ponding at the bottom of slopes. And that generally happens um, with a soil moisture content of around 60, 60 to 70%, depending on the soil type. So really, as I said earlier, you don't really go above 70, you get, can get up to 80 under exceptional circumstances, but really when you're at field capacity between 60 and 70 percent, depending on the soil type, that's really when, you know, you, you know, you're getting this overland flow. You mentioned that in Moorpark they're at 50 to 60 and say in Salahed you're more in the range of 75 to 80. What is the tipping point for get, actually getting out to grass and grazing or getting out to grass and just doing damage? So the, the rules we've set for ourselves at Salahed um, would be we won't put the cows out if we're between 65 and 70 and we really have to be going below 70 and or below 65 and seeing good weather conditions. We did a trial on this a few years ago using soil moisture as a as a guide, as a decision support, and we found that, that even putting the cows out at between 65 and 70 didn't do any long-term damage. It did short-term damage, but not long-term damage. 70 really is the upper limit. When you're above 70, definitely you shouldn't be turning out cows. But as you go lower, like if you take the conditions here, 
if you get a very heavy rainfall, you can get soil moisture in excess of 65 here in Moor Park. But generally, that, that clears down to less than 60 relatively quickly because it's a free-draining soil. So you'll see a lot of cows out around here in Moor Park and in surrounding farms because of those conditions. When you're dealing with Solahead, where the same drainage capacity doesn't exist, we have two big problems in Solahead. One is slow drainage. The second is a very shallow water table. So the water table comes to the surface very quickly in Solahead. Um, and the soil moisture probe gives us a, a measure of that. But, you know, once you're below 65, once you're down at 50, you're doing no damage at all. Even 50 would be the conditions where if you try to push your heel into the ground, you'll just about barely make a mark, which are ideal grazing conditions. Um, that's the kind of rules that we look at. So below 65 acceptable for grazing the closer you get to 50 the more acceptable <laughs> the better it is uh, you, you'll do very little damage at 50 you'll do some damage at 65 but it's acceptable damage in my opinion that it, as i said it won't have any long-term damage long-term d impact on grass growth like what we found and i suppose what was surprising in the work that we did was the long-term impact of poaching was much less than what we anticipated um, so you could do damage at this time of the year, and once you didn't get repeated damage in the second rotation, generally you would have no long-term impact. Where we were get, getting severe damage, you get maybe a 20% reduction in the next grazing, but after that then you'd see no impact. And really the thing, thing to watch out for this year, if you're doing damage in the first grazing, you really need to pay attention to the conditions in the next grazing, which could be middle of April onwards when you're into the second rotation. Middle of April through to the beginning of May, that's when we found the really high risk times in terms of getting this repeated damage. Soils still are relatively wet at that time of the year and you're moving into a shorter rotation. So that's second damage. So if you're damaging ground now, you try to avoid that in the second grazing and hopefully the conditions will be much improved at that stage. Perfect. Thank you, James. Now to nutritionist Brian Gary, who first explains the cow requirements based on their level of production. Well, I suppose for a standard type cow, about 600 kilos on farm, um, we'd be looking there at this stage of lactation, about three to four weeks into lactation, then to be eaten in the region of 14 to 15 kilos of dry matter for a mature cow. For heifers, obviously, it's going to be lower than that. And for larger type cows, it will be a bit higher than that. But that's kind of what we're looking at. That's the kind of amount of total intake we can get into the cows. So that's divided out between our grass silage and our, our concentrate levels. Um, in terms of whether what they're eating, um, I suppose if cows are eating silage, they will eat less of this compared to spring grass. So therefore, that's one of the be benefits of getting grass into the diet, that, that intake levels will increase quickly. And this will help to meet the energy demands of the cow. Where a cow is on a, a, you know, a, a substantial level, so you're talking your 10, 11 kilos of spring grass or silage, you know, what is the limiting factor there in terms of her, her requirements? So the limiting factor for the cows, I suppose, is generally depending on her level of milk production. So for your standard type cow doing 24, 25 litres of milk, maybe going a bit higher than that, even up to 30 litres, um, 
generally what's limiting is the energy value of the feed so i suppose that's probably uh, the first thing i would look at when i'm looking at my, my my purchase concentrate for them i suppose looking at the at the various scenarios where a cow is getting two grazing bouts you know what sort of energy is she getting from grass so if we look at maybe the ufl quality of our spring grass and also i suppose if, if we could just put a figure on the dry matter of grazed grass at the moment yeah, so the dry matter grass was obviously on the lower side than what we would anticipate in the spring. So um, I suppose that's something that we need to bear in mind when we're feeding cows. And also during the day, the dry matters will increase, hopefully, as, as the, ground, the ground or as the level of rainfall uh, or as the gra- grass dries off. Um, but I suppose that's one of the things there I suppose we need to look at. I suppose in terms of when we're feeding the cows, then I suppose obviously silage is going to be lower in, uh, in its energy value. So our energy value is UFL. Um, and we talk about energy values there for silage, for good silage up to 0.85 maybe, and for average silage about 0.7 to 0.8, uh, or 0.75 to 0.8 of UFL per kilogram of dry matter. And in Anton, I suppose lower than 68 DMD, you're talking there roughly around 0.7 or lower. So from that point of view, we're trying to maximise our high quality silage into the cows this time and, and then supplement them accordingly with that. And in terms then of grazed grass, what sort of UFL value are you seeing in spring grass at the moment? Spring grass, I suppose, is probably the most nutritious uh, feed we'll have on our farms at any time of the year. So from an energy point of view, it's generally coming in at 1.1 to 1.05 UFLs, which is comparable, if not better, than a kilogram of air-dried barley. So from that point of view, there's no energy, there's no feed that's probably as cheap that is as high energy value as spring grass. If a, if a cow is getting out for two grazing bouts, so she's getting out for, say, three hours in the morning and then she's brought off the ground to minimise damage and the same thing then occurs in the afternoon after the, the afternoon milking, should she be getting silage when she's in off the ground? I suppose the, 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 the right answer to that question is was not so should she be getting silage or not, but is she getting enough grass when she goes out to meet her requirements? And I suppose what we find sometimes is where we're grazing out paddocks and cows are not getting a full intake necessarily because they're only out for a limited time. There may be justification to put in extra silage into the diet to meet those requirements. But that is on a farm to farm basis. But as a rule of thumb, um, if a cow is getting a full intake, she does not necessarily need any extra silage. But this is not, a, I suppose, not to be confused with the fact that if a cow is not getting a full intake of forage, that she needs to be supplemented with an extra forage source inside. So one issue that we can find on farms sometimes is the under allocation of uh, feed to cows. So I suppose one thing that we might uh, use on farm to actually increase the allocation of grass to cows while maintaining utilisation is to, for one day or two days a week, depending on conditions, maybe offer the cows a small bit more um, grass of an allocation and just see how they eat that. If they don't eat it down, obviously they're they're maxed out and they won't eat any more. But sometimes we have to like, push them a small bit more to try and get them to eat that extra bit to actually see are they able to increase their intake. And then when we have that intake going in, we can reduce down our supplementation. So I suppose what we're trying to do is get the cows over to a, a grass-based diet as much as possible 
and where grazing conditions allow and I suppose where the grass allowance on the farm allows, we should probably try to up that allocation as quickly as possible and reduce down the supplementation going in from other farms. And, and where a cow is out full time or she's she's going out for two grazing bouts and getting enough grass, what sort of concentrate supplement, supplementation would you advise for that sort of cow in that scenario? So in terms of supplementation, I suppose we have a couple of little rules of thumb we kind of use. And I suppose there's a few things kind of that affect it. I suppose the first thing is the difference in the feed quality of the basal forage, which, which is your silage or your grass. So when we're feeding with grass, right, generally we have enough energy there that we can cut back on the level of concentrate going in. And also the fact that grass is very high in protein, we don't need to put in as much protein into the cow's diet for the supplementation so we recommend them there from the spring point of view for kind of your standard type of cow we find in most farms across the country you'd be recommending there some in the region of about 12 to 14 percent uh crew protein nut and being fed it up to four kilos four kilos a day probably in lot of situations three to four kilos a day would be sufficient to meet requirements where uh, full grass intake has been achieved and then brian if we look at the scenario where um cows might be getting out for one grazing bout uh, between the morning and evening milking or indeed where cows are fully housed you know you know we're aware that some farms are saturated um with water um you know you've looked at very good quality silage having a ufl value of um maybe 0.85 and say your 70 dm silage having maybe a ufl of 0.75 to 0.8 you know what sort of concentrate requirement is there for that type of cow yeah, so I suppose what we would do, I suppose, is we're looking at the diet. So um, where you're getting some grass into the cows, I suppose that's probably the key thing. So if you are getting some grass into them, you can definitely reduce your, your concentrate protein levels. So that's the first thing. So I suppose when we talk about protein, we need to probably keep in mind the requirement levels for cows. Uh, and generally, a cow requires about 17% crew protein, 16 to 17% crew protein in the spring. So spring grass is easily often in excess of 22, 23, 24 uh, and higher in terms of crew protein. So for that's making up a large proportion of the diet, we can cut back the protein. So for supplementing th- those cows that are getting a small amount of grass, they can cut back on the protein. So for cows that are inside by night and out by day generally recommended they are 14 to 16 percent crew protein nut and probably feeding there the region of four to six kilos depending on the level of um, grass intake and so forth and, and then full-time silage brian full-time silage indoors obviously the forage quality is very important here so there's no other forage going in so where silage quality would would need to be in the 70s here to be able to justify our, and, and maintain cow condition so where that is the case we're recommending the region between five to eight kilos um would be probably a safe enough bet probably in the higher side of things if you have um slightly poor silage which can put a lot of pressure on the cow's digestive system if not implemented correctly so i suppose one of the key things there i suppose is the cost saving but also maybe the, the reduction of the risk factors of acidosis by getting them out to grass as well so we've been talking there for indoors we've been talking in the region of 18 to 20 percent crew protein so the danger danger can be sometimes that if you haven't got enough energy in your forage to use the protein coming from your nut then sometimes you can lead to excess body condition mobilization which will strip condition of cows a lot quicker than what you might like for milk production in the spring so we'd be cautious enough about recommending high levels of meal at high protein levels to cows and average quality silage because it's not going to end well for the cows because they will burn off more condition to meet that to use that protein so 
unless your silage quality is good, I suppose you want to be maybe going slightly lower on the protein, but you won't be able to hit the, the peaks that you might like in terms of production. And that's the cost of your uh, poor quality silage in that situation. Uh, thank you, Brian. I think you've given us a good indication and a good roadmap, depending on the type of uh, grazing we're achieving at the moment. So three to four kilos where we're out full time or we're getting our two grazing bouts and getting enough grass into cows. And then where we're... Um, maybe grazing once a day, we're stepping up the concentrate by um, anywhere from one to two kilos and again up to four kilos if we're housed fully at the moment. The most thing I suppose is that we monitor condition on, of the cows monitor, and if we can monitor their milk yields and I suppose try to feed accordingly with that I suppose. If cows are milking very well they will need a small bit more concentrate if they can get grass into them to maintain that performance level. That's great, thank you Brian. No problem. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to James Humphreys and Brian Gary for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.